Welcome to episode 10 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Iced Tea, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. How's it going, everybody? We're pumped to be back. Another week, another episode. 10, what a good number. What a big number. Once again today, Jason Davidson with me. Jason, how are you doing? Excellent. Number 10, eh? 10, bro. Number 10, Braden Shen. We yeah. maybe should have saved that one for Braden Shen. That's hockey legit. numbers, hockey numbers for episode numbers. Yeah. Might have to keep that in mind down the road, eh? Yeah, I do. I like that. I like so that. So number 11, do we get the moose, Mark Messier? Yeah, probably. I was number 11. I was no, going to say, I was no. 11 too, man. I oh, was there we go. Double hockey sticks, boys. Look <laughs> out. Once again, joined by our friend, Mr. Scott Burns. Scott, how are you doing? I'm good, guys. Good to see you again. I, uh. Had to take a little hiatus there on episode nine. Listen to it, though. It was awesome. You know, you like that one. Though, yeah, even though I wasn't there, it was awesome. No, I'm just shitting you. No, it was good. Uh, it was uh, good to listen to. Um, yeah, just been got a little busy last week, so I had to take a time out from the NFB podcast. Oh, that'll happen. Things are busy. Trying to keep things afloat during COVID. You got to do what you got to do. I understand. That's right. We've resorted to uh, Tiger Torch and picking bottles, you know. Just melting snow, melting snow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Are you, uh, are you trying to get an endorsement with Wrangler today, Scott? I see you for it. You're deckled right up. I'm shooting for it. You know, a guy can dream, and uh, if I can make the Wrangler team one of these years, I'm going to be one happy motherfucker, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Fucking right. There we go. Um, JB's was good, boys. We had a lot of good, uh, got a little good feedback on that one. I mean, it's pretty hard not to when you're chatting with the greatest probably that there's ever been. So people enjoyed that one. He was a fucking great guest. Lots of good stories. Doesn't give a shit. There needs to be more people like him in the world, really. You know, oh, you I know. gotta, I, sorry, I gotta say, I've had more people text me and comment, not only on the podcast, but especially that one, you know? Yeah, I uh, agree. Pe- people didn't realize just how much of a of a well his give a fuck is busted he lives by his his sword and and uh you said it uh there's a lot he'll more die by it. to be like yeah he'll exactly, die by exactly. It. you know i was trying to remember who was with us when we were sitting at the mandalay bay and and jb was over having a smoke and a michelo vulture that morning yeah so my brother-in-law Dean text, that was me. <laughs> I'm the one, isn't that JB? And I'm like, sorry, buddy. I wish I had known. I didn't mean to ghost you on who it was, but I couldn't remember, you know? Oh yeah. Those Vegas trips, especially Sunday championship Sunday. It's tough to remember everything that went on. Yeah. And Saturday and, oh, and Friday and Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> From start to finish. Yeah, exactly. Who are we kidding here? Yeah. Well, one guy that will be making a trip, hopefully to Las Vegas, if everything goes as planned and the PBR World Finals are back to where they normally are at T-Mobile Arena, Colton Fritzlin wins his first ever event on the Unleash the Beast series. His premier event, his first ever event, takes the title, joins the likes of Justin McBride, Silvano Alves, 
some of the best names in the world. There's only been 10 guys to ever win their first ever event. Colton jumps out this weekend in Okeechobee, Florida, and takes the lead. How old is that young fella? Colton is 20 years old, and he's originally from Colorado. And uh, I heard him say in one of his interviews that he moved down to Stephenville in the Texas area. That's when he got more serious into it, I think, got to ride more bulls and, you know, just doing it every day type of thing. But I do know uh, he's a product of the Cody Lostro, um, Gary Lafue. Gary actually had, oh, yeah. had a uh, post today of Colton when he was young at his ranch training with Gary and it was in the snow. He had a hoodie on and it was, he was the only guy there talking about how he doesn't judge guys, you know, and Gary's seen them all from, from Sage Kimsey to Lostro to there's, you know, there's too many to name the people that have went through his ranch and learned kind of from him. And he was saying that he can tell a lot of by the, by their attitude, by their heart and their will to, to do what it takes to get to the top. And he said that this kid's going to be the next. And from what I seen this weekend and from what I seen at the NFR of him yeah. winning the aggregate there at such a young age, uh, I think it's going to be kind of like when you've seen, you know, Lockwood or Cooper Davis come onto the, come onto the scene. It's a new guy that you don't, you don't really know much about. And by about four or five events, you really know who it is. And within a couple of years, you're, you're going to see a, a gold buckle on his, on his belt. Yeah, I agree. I liked him at the NFR. I thought he was, uh, you know, those kids you never hear of. And just like, that's a, that's a feat winning that average at the NFR. That's a feather in, in the cowboy hat. So, and then, uh, like you said, win the first one, like that's got to feel good. You know, we remember when you won your first one, could you imagine if it was your first built for tough? Like that yeah. would have been, been the money. I didn't make it out of the bucking shoots my first event. Uh, <laughs> fucking wiped me out twice pretty quick. Uh, I didn't get on my second one, though. I won at my second event. I won second, and I went on a hot roll and won second at a couple of the ones that I went to. The first, like, three I went to. And then I ended up getting on Long John in Albuquerque when nobody really knew who Long John was. And did he fucking wipe me out? <laughs> and, uh, he long, <laughs> long John. Yeah. So I had a lot of confidence from from doing good and once you get on a roll bull riding is all about momentum right so like a kid like that that wins the first one um it's just going to give him the confidence that that's exactly where he belongs and he can take on anything he, he rode zero time which was the bull of the event last weekend so it wasn't like they just gave it to him and everybody fell off cooper ended up riding right after him but then wasn't enough points to take over the lead so he went with authority and and um you know did it did it the way you want to do it I uh, I wonder if we see him uh, in Rapid City this weekend, or will he be? Where's this weekend? Are they in Texas? Weekend off. There's no no. Weekend. Oh, okay. PBRs so he this weekend. Rodeo. He could yeah. Rodeo From what I heard, he said he was going to um, to do both off the hop and see where he was at about halfway through the year, and then focus. Uh, specifically other. on one or the other. But I think this will. I don't fucking know. Probably pop, pop top five. Yeah, I don't right. know. Well, probably be there for, early, for sure. Yeah, so I'm guessing you're going to see him. And I, and I uh, read it in an interview or, or listened to him on one of his interviews, and he was talking uh, that Lostro and those guys told him that if he wanted to make the NFR to do it off the hop, get that out of the way, and then go to the to the PBR side of it. So he did that obviously last year, and as a 20 or 19 year old, and now 20 coming into the game, and. I think I think you'll see him as a mainstay on the on the PBR tour, but this year is a bit different. Like last year, there won't be a whole bunch of events, so you might see lots of guys at both events just trying sure. to go as much as they can. 
Well, yeah. and I think I, this is a year that they can get away with it a little bit. Um, fuck yeah. Like last year too. There was just the numbers weren't there. Canadians not getting across the border. So um, yeah, not a bad idea. Hey, we got to get Lostro on. Yeah, that's that guy's a, a legend. Good, that's a good guy. Yep. Just a solid dude. Yeah. And one of the best ever as well. Like, yeah, he was very underestimated in my opinion. Yeah, he won a world title, but he wasn't talked about. You know, he wasn't in the the limelight. He just kind of did his thing, was quiet. But yeah, a fucking legend and one of the yeah. best that there's he ever were, been. You said it. Handful. He was quiet. He just let his actions do all the talking for him. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. He, he surely did. He didn't, uh, when he did really good as he did, uh, he just never really commanded much attention, right? He just no, like no, he said, just he did it. He just stuck to his business. Yep, wrote him the best he could. So Colton, with that win, won twenty three thousand nine hundred and some odd dollars, which I thought was a little bit different, showing the showing the financial changes that are kind of happening within all the sport. Uh, you know, normally those those event wins are thirty five to forty thousand. So you can see the kind of what's happening there with, with cutbacks and with what COVID is kind of doing mm -hmm. to the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, I don't want to get the card ahead of the horse, but we're looking at the same, you know, here. Well, first of all, we should probably try and get some vaccines. Apparently we forgot to order them. What are those? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, don't get me started. Well, don't get the, me started. That's like the CEO of McDonald's forgetting to order the cheese once. Yeah. A week. How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. that it's, it's, that's beyond I, and, and get away with it. Right. Just, Oh, well, you know, we're going to try harder and yeah, we'll have some, we'll have some by July. And uh, you guys, yeah. I've said this a couple times, what we're seeing right now in politics and, and uh, even that millennial or that age 22 to 30, participation ribbons should have never been given out because this is what you're getting right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah it's a different world, man. Yeah. But hopefully we can get through that and fucking on to the next one. Uh, another, well, we talked about this before, but Cooper Davis just looks totally unreal this year. He's fucking man on a mission. Sticking Did I call him everything. to win? No, Did fuck. I call him to win? No, you fucking pick. Didn't you pick Lockwood and he got wiped out the first event? Oh, right. Who'd you pick? Yeah. Uh, I don't wiped know. out the first event. <laughs> I can't remember who I picked. Oh, <laughs> Lemme. And, Lemme. And, and then Scott picked one that isn't even going yet. None so of our fucking guys are even going, but we should yeah. redo our picks now and do a consolation prize. Yeah, we could. Well, Cooper's a good pick. Cole Melanson, I was going to get to him next. He's won three rounds this year, which yeah, it all goes back on your the world world uh, champion at the end of the year, Flesco always goes back on the stats and it's usually whoever's winning the most rounds is the one who ends up winning the, the whole kit and kabang. So he's doing that. And they're saying that it's a bit different because your normal round winners like Leme and Lockwood are out right now. So it's opening up for, I think there's been 10 or 11 different round winners, which you don't normally see. Right. So it's given lots of guys a, an opportunity to get ahead, but we, we both said, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. So once those guys get back, I'm sure they'll get on a tear, but I wouldn't want to give Cooper Davis too much of a head start. No, 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 you got to, uh, you know, you talk about that runway on the fit to the finish line. Um, I was just thinking about that more after our last pod with JB, what he did that year was incredible winning all those events right at the end and then going in riding all his bulls. Like, 
you know, you talk yeah. about record books and, you know, stories around the campfire. That's, that's who we'll be talking about for decades right there. Exactly. And that's the thing, whether, you know, he's kind of that guy with the no give a fuck attitude. So half the people love him, half the people hate him, but you fucking respect what he did in the arena and you're going to want to listen and see what he has to say. Cause he is a legend. Okay. Back to my, back to my participation ribbons. That's, that's the guys that are on the hating side of JB. So and the best part of, and, the, and the best part about JB is he doesn't care if you, if you love him or you hate him. So, no. you know, here no. we go. And on that note, you just wanted to repick for a consolation. There's no yeah. What the fuck? Action. You just said metal, you dick. <laughs> Ooh, uh, boy, now, we're, now we resorted to calling names. Yeah, I agree though. I didn't even pick up on that, Scott. That's yeah. a good. One. Okay, then don't no. call it. Okay, you're right. Second place is the first loser. Yeah, right. fucking right, man. None of that bullshit. Well, We'll we'll just pretend that was never mentioned. Sorry, sorry, I called you a dick. We'll edit that out, maybe. <laughs> no, no, uh, that's legend. Um, with also Cooper Davis with this weekend, he ended up second. He rode Speed Demon for the fifth or sixth time. Uh, kind of hung off the side at the end, so he was a lower scorer, but uh, went second at the event. Still moved him into number one in the world, and he passed a three million dollar mark in earnings, which is. Pretty phenomenal. You got to tip your hat to that. Show respect for a guy that's able to do that. Yeah, how old's Cooper? Uh, same age as me, I think. Are you younger than me? Twenty-seven, probably. Cooper is. Yeah. So he needs. He's in the. He's in the height of at the height of his career. He needs to be winning here these next couple three years too, doesn't he? Yep. And he also rode um, riding solo, which is my pick for bull of the year, for ninety-one and a quarter. But if you watch the video, the bull kind of got caught up in the shoots, bounced off the, the bucket shoots, then ended up kind of sailing out there a little ways, but still 91 and a quarter when he didn't even turn back until probably five or six seconds. So Cooper did everything he could with them. But uh, then he came back the horrible. next day. Oops. Then he came back the next day, fucking lit it up again, 45 them. So he's he's right there. Him and Smooth yeah. Operator are tied right now for their bull year. What's that? What did you say? No, Tanner, say that again. Uh, Smooth operator, the old man. That's right. That's right. Um, I I hate to fucking burst your bubble on this one, Scott. (laughs) But after seeing him this weekend and the weekend before, he got rode back to back weekends. Great rides. Uh, There's no fucking taking it away from that. Marco Gucci wins the 15 15. He's 94 points. Ezekiel Mitchell rode him for 93 the weekend before that. The Bulls never been rode back to back weekends. Uh, he's fucking what 11? What do we say? 11, 12 years old, whatever. 12, I think, this year. I yeah. think he turns 12. I don't think he's got it, man. I think he's 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 he looks good. You can't take away those numbers from him, but I think that those scores were a little bit of of the name that the bull has on the bull of the year. I think they're gonna fucking eat him up this year, and you're gonna see a lot of rides on him, which you would well, never I, see the last few years. Well, be like Mossy Oak Mudslinger, everybody just want his name beside him so you can get a 90. Yeah, a little yellow jacket, you know, at the yeah. end of their careers, right? Everybody started sticking yeah. it on him and letting him roll. I wonder if Chad will do that. Um, if he'll pull back a little bit on the trips, maybe, and or give him a rest, or what, what their contractor does with a bull like that. What do you do with your bull, Scott or Tanner, if that's your bull? Do you keep oh, going yeah. back to back with them, or do you give them a no. break? No, no, it's hard to break. say. Yeah, you definitely give him a break. I mean, I don't fucking, I don't. Well, who knows? It's hard to say. But Chad, I don't think gives a fuck. He brought Asteroid out of retirement 
and and started sure. bucking them again you know so whatever and I, you know there's there's both sides of it guys think that that's what the bulls want to do so let them fucking do what they want to do what's the point of retiring them and then on the other hand it's like well there's going to be guys that never should have rode that bull that are going to ride them so all their percentages are going to go down which if that's what matters to you that's what matters it's personal preference me i'd retire them and and be done with it and let them fucking be the legend that he is instead of trying to let them roll for the year however mm -hmm. much longer you might go with them but i mean fuck you get 94 on them so it's a bit tough to say he's not shouldn't be there fuck yeah, that's true. he should be there very true i just very don't true. think he's the caliber that he was the previous two years but if i could interject here neither am i if i if i can interject here i honestly do think i think he's just you know that back-to-back -back weekend hey everybody has stubs a toe once in a while and he didn't stub it much i think he's just saving up and He's gonna, he's gonna kick it. He's gonna yeah. kick it, boys. Fucking right. I like, it. I like the confidence. We'll be watching. We'll see. Yeah. I don't think oh, riding solo. Obviously, will fucking be quite a bit better. But we'll see if he can keep up for a little while halfway through the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um. When who also, pick? Where's my bull in the mix? He hasn't been out yet. Whoopa, the bull oh, that yeah, Lemme rode at the World Finals for the high score. Yeah, I'm saving him or he's fucking hurt. I don't know. I haven't seen him though. Him and Dalen are figuring it out together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just sitting back in the weeds, waiting to just capitalize. Uh, another good bull uh, by the name of Red Clark came from um, Craig Wentz. And, you know, Craig obviously raised uh, uh, tons of good bulls. Bucky, Cochise, those big, uh, those big bulls from out west, from the northwest. Uh, he's got another one that is now under Paradigm Bull Company, Jeremy Walker. I think they sold him up there to him. Uh, Red Clark and back-to-back -back weekends. Uh, tied for the highest mark bull during the event. Really, really good bull with this one. One to definitely keep an eye on. Got the size, got everything to him. Yeah, I've seen that. I watched that uh, that ride, and that bull is all there. And he's friggin' big, too. He's not no little mouse in there. Yeah, he's a man. He's he's a fucking senior bull. That's for sure. Yeah, right. If I tied my hand to that back in the day, Jason, where would I have ended up? Oh, oh that's God. right. That's right, Dad. Going back to smooth operator and Ezekiel Mitchell, they matched up for ninety three points, and I kind of got caught up with the the point systems and the the long round, short rounds, and and what was going on within the the PBR of of what they were trying to do with the points, and uh, found out later on that. That, um, that that short round that Ezekiel rode in, 12 guys, the guys refused to get on. They made a deal where whoever wanted to get on could get on, and they each got paid 1000 bucks. So Ezekiel Mitchell, for being 93 points on Smooth Operator, received $1,000. <laughs> okay, so this is my whole deal. I, like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? So you go out there. You're 94 points. 93. Or 93 points. If I ever had to, if that was me and I had to tell that story like five years down the road, we're sitting around drinking beers and you're like, yeah, that was 93 be points. Yeah. Oh, that must have paid unreal. No, a thousand bucks. I just agreed it. <laughs> Buy my That's hand like, one for at the at the at the elite level. Awesome. Well, that takes me Perfect. back to when uh Sunstrom had all them good bulls that he'd got from Tyler T and uh go out to and Ben Goff and those rodeos and you'd ride one of them for 87 or 88 and you won 
you'd look, it was $773 to win Kennedy. Yeah. (laughs) So that, that would have been like pocket change and, uh, when he's oh, packing no, bolt. pour some sh- those pour some sugar on me. Oh, those ones. Yeah. Um, oh, what else? The jump cowboy fever. Yep. He didn't. Yep. Did he come from Tyler though? Cowboy fever or cowboy? He just so. used him to breed with. Um. And then what's the white bullet that he had that was meaner than shit? Like was that a um, which machine head? Was that no, one? no, he had one that was pretty bucky, but was pretty mean. Tanner, you would have that would be in your era. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it. Is that but not the one that jumped in the, in the crowd at the CFR? No? Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Pop was it? Oh, was it Pop, Pop Evil, Evil, yeah. Oh, Pop, Pop Evil wasn't mean, mean, though. No, he wasn't, no, he wasn't I mean. I thought he had a white one that was really bad. Probably. What was the one that, that jumped in jumped in the crowd at the CFR I, on that lady? I was just going to say, let's call a lady. She probably got the ear tag. I think that's on the internet somewhere for our viewers. One year at the Canadian finals rodeo, Bull jumped out in Rexall and landed on a person. That's yeah. 20. It was 2010 because I was an alternate that year. Mm -hmm. And that bull bails into the crowd and everybody's running down to the other end. I was so pissed off. I was an alternate. I just sat there at the shoots. I thought, fuck them. They'll be okay. You know? Does it still, does it still, do you still feel that under your skin, that alternate work? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, a little bit. Still with you? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. The first loser. Still there. It's still there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty crazy. So I guess that they did that for, to, to make a deal with, for TV so that, kept the PBR happy and the guys happy and whatever. I don't know. I think they all should have fucking stuck to their guns and did what they had to do, but what are you going to do now? That's all done. Uh, Kobaba rides a bull called Diddy Wad Diddy. Jason, you'll be familiar with this one. Stetson Wright rides this bull to win a round at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in 2019. Sammy yeah. Andrews, Cord McCoy has him now. Um, looks Looks cool. Looks like a good one that I think they're going to eat up at, at that level. Yeah, just one that you want to draw, one you want to have your name beside. Yep, yep. He was a heater the first day with a right-handed guy, bucked him off and looked looked really good. Uh, and then Kobaba rode him and spurred him down. And I think that's one that especially left-handed guys on that tour are going to love. They'll take him all day, every day. A little bit of a shoot fighter, but they can get by that pretty easy, I think, there. And worth it. Yep. Yeah, another yeah, curveball. No, want you the want the, no, fuck no. Curveball as well. Going back to the point system, they changed it back to the original point system, and then this weekend had their long <laughs> round, and then a fifteen fifteen after the long round after the first day. So, in reality of it, yeah, they didn't have a short round the first day. They they made the guys happy. Okay, we want to have short rounds every day, but we're gonna bring back the fifteen fifty. <laughs> Instead of 12 guys in the short round, they just had a fucking 15 15 after the long round. So it was no, well, did, no did, change. didn't you say that on like episode eight or seven? You said, yeah, and then they'll just add a 15 and 15 for sure. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. hundred percent. So that's what went down there and uh, worked for good for the guys. There was four nineties. So uh, once again, good TV boys were riding them, but yeah, yeah that, it's got, Hey, you got to worry about the TV. Yeah. It fucking cracked me up though. I was like, holy shit. They kind of just, uh, six one half a dozen the other they'll give you one but they're going to take that other side of it so yeah. uh whatever what are you going to do um the give and take relationship tanner yep back and forth back and forth super bowl pick super bowl sunday here we go what yes. do we got what do we got who do you guys got 
Well, I, I got it in the Gronk all the way. Yeah. Yeah, but, ditto yeah. it. Do, I, you know what? Got, can't, but you can not cheer for the guy. Yeah, I'm going to go with that too. And I, I'll be honest, I don't follow it close enough to even deserve to make a pick. But when when you say Tom Brady, I'm, I'm I mean, I know that guy is unreal. So, yeah. you know what? If he if he wins the Super Bowl and the MVP, I'll I'll phone him up and see if he wants to come on the pod. We'll do <laughs> yeah. If he wants to be a 3D see. athlete, yeah. yeah, we'll see if we can get him. Hey, did you know that? I'm so, sure. I'm sure. So Gronk, um, like obviously he was retired, right? And yeah. then he came back and wanted to come back and play for Tampa Bay with Brady. So uh, supposedly when they were like, when he was trying to get back on the team, the team, like the athletics department made him send in videos every day of him running, like to show that he was in shape. And if you've seen any videos of Gronk or if you've seen him outside the football field he's fucking a wild man oh he's a monster (laughs) athlete he's fucking just a gem looks like somebody that that we'd all like to hang out with that has a great fucking time but supposedly every day they were making him send these videos of him running like running sprints and making sure that he was in shape for when when fucking camp started and whatnot so that they would take him back on the team well he just released now that they're back at the super bowl that he got fucking sick of that so he would just change his shirt and just do like five or six of them in a day and film them with different shirts on and then would just send them every other day. <laughs> so I like that. Not bad. Yep. <clears throat> so all those guys, he, he sounds like another guy, like, sorry, go ahead. Now you're good. All those guys, you know, like there was the big thing of if they still had it or if they could do it. And I think that those guys are just champions. They know what they're. Oh yeah. You said it. They try to go by whatever the rules are, but it's like now that they're at the Super Bowl again, it's like, let me tell you what I actually fucking did. To get <laughs> yeah. <here."> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, interesting point. This is the first time the Super Bowl's uh, either ever been played by a team in their home In their home stadium. arena. Yeah. yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah. And then what? So they'll be able to have fans, eh? Some. Uh, probably Florida. Yeah. Fuck who knows. I'm yeah, sure they'll. They can. Yeah. 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 Speaking I, of fans, I, did- did anybody tune into uh, Rapid City, Extreme Bulls, and Extreme Bronx on the weekend? I just seen the hype. Oh, hats off to Governor ah. Christy Noem. She's got it opened up. The, I, the, the building was full. Um, you know, up in the corners, may, you know, you could see some holes. But, like, it was it was full. And, and, very and they were masked. Yeah, like two or three. And they were shoulder to shoulder. Young, yeah. old elderly sick dumb smart didn't matter <laughs> man and i was like that is so awesome because we seems like a lifetime ago we right? saw that yeah. yeah it was great to see it was great to see i was like yeah i want to do what they're doing I, yeah. I would go i would go why not give me I, it's my choice if i want to go watch it let me go right yeah don't, don't take it away from us but yeah whatever. yeah personal preference on the whole situation would be yeah a lot different than what yeah what's happening right now that's pretty cool though i guess good to see that there's even some like there's rodeos going i i heard that austin has canceled salinas has pushed back dates but it's looking like uh i'm hearing up here in canada that we're gonna have some to go to this year some are committing and uh we'll see what happens i guess when 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 d-day comes yep see how it rolls Hopefully, yeah. I'm here in Calgary. Some of them bigger ones are going to try to do it and might be scaled down, but they're trying to get something going. So it's good to hear that. Anyway, nobody's not everybody's just giving totally up on it. I think it. We need to have something get going. It can't go 
two fucking full years like this, or you might not see lots of them again. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you might or the riders. Or some of these bulls, they can't handle events, bulls, fuck everything, yeah. the whole yeah. everything, right? Contractors, yeah. fuck, you know, you, everything, you, every aspect of it. I know we talked about it lots um, at the PBR events here in Canada this year uh, or last year, sorry, but you know how we talked about give some of these guys time to heal up and 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 be fresh for like our finals in in November or whatever. But you're right, we've crossed that threshold where some of these guys that are at the peak of their career or nearing the end, if we go another year without anything, it is going to be the end of their career. Oh, right. Yeah, There's, sure. You know, yeah. so it's, it's going to yeah. take a lot of glory and a lot of, a lot of heart and all the, all the time and energy you guys have put into being a professional athlete. It's going to kind of take the window to their sales if they have to end it like that. So, yeah. Well, hopefully we can keep an eye on it and see where it goes, get some vaccines and fucking get her done. But with the Super Bowl happening this weekend, don't forget to get yourself some sneaky weasels, everybody. <laughs> Quick nice ad plug. Quick ad plug. Here we go. If you're looking for a smooth, refreshing beer this weekend, grab yourself a sneaky weasel craft lager. This mildly hopped craft lager delivers a bold 5.6 ABV, but goes down crisp and clean. This beer pairs well with any bull riding celebration, fun in the sun. Good times with friends, and obviously the Super Bowl. This beer is available all across Western Canada. Sneaky Weasel Lager, the official beer sponsor of the NFP podcast. Scott, did you get your Sneaky Weasel delivered from Tanner yet? You know what? I've been waiting by the mailbox for about oh, just about a month now. Me too. Nothing. I, I, Me I'm too. going with I'm going with the COVID. You know, it's a little slower yeah, in the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll just stick to the water in my Yeti here. Yeah. Well, I get them. I always get them right to the door, and I almost get them out the door to get them sent in the mail, and then I just fucking hammer them in my guts. You gotta have them. <laughs> just drink them all. <laughs> yeah. They're too good. They're too good. Yeah. I'm telling you. Once we open up, you guys can come up here, and we'll do one of these live finally, and have some yes. fun and smash a whole shit pile of them as we yeah. like, we like to do. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So with that, Rapid City, you were talking, Jason. Um, there's been quite a few Canadians that have been doing good down there. There's only been a couple of events um, that have went on, but guys like Leighton Green, Ben Anderson, Kyle Lucas, yeah. Scott yeah. Guntner, Mike Soldberg, uh, Joe Goose, um, some of the names that I've seen up atop the standings, been been doing good, obviously, living down there and, and uh, kicking ass. So that's pretty cool to see you guys fucking rolling. Yeah, both the Hay Boys were uh, riding in that extreme. I think Leighton Green ca caught a check. Um, so yeah, it is good. They're you know they've sacrificed, got across the border. Do we have? Have we heard back from uh, Logan Beaver? Is is he allowed to come across now with all these new rules, or is he going to have to go to quarantine jail? Yeah, I haven't heard. I know that somebody better crazy. Yeah. somebody better send a message to him somehow. Yeah. So you, do you guys know the story on that? Somebody can explain that to the viewers. Well, it was just on the news here tonight. So if you're coming back in from the U.S. into Canada, now you have to quarantine for three days um, at a, a government designated hotel at a cost of $2,000. You're co coming out of your pocket. So until you can either pass that test, if you can't, you got to stay longer. I'm in quarantine 
And then if you do, after the three days, you can go home and quarantine the rest at home. But basically, they whisk you off the plane and you go hang out at a hotel of their choice. <laughs> uh, hopefully, it's not the, the you know, five and dime, uh, the blue, the, the what, was the, what was the hotel at Innisfail used to stay at? The blue, what was that called up in the hill there? I mean, you could rent that sucker by the minute. <laughs> by the minute. I think Shaunavan had the blue sapphire. <laughs> I oh, think it was. Oh called. god, yeah, those sound fucking nice. Oh man, but that's that's the deal now. So uh, I know they were talking about like snowbirds now that have gone down before all this come in. They're either gonna have to wait it out, you know, till they're. I think it's 180 days is up, or or come home and go through this whole expense and time and whatever now so. so it's kind of like doing away with the fine and just giving you that two thousand dollars it's pretty much a two thousand dollar fucking fine in the donation yeah donation, that yeah. you're on your own dime oh yeah. and i know they're only flying into canada now in the four uh airport Air, yeah correct? yeah montreal toronto calgary vancouver yeah what about driving can you drive across essential if it's essential yeah. you can't just go across the whitefish to go skiing yeah yeah yeah. wow yeah so more rules no no scenes more rules yeah Yeah. i think think this is telling us something guys i think the fucking world is telling us something right now yeah yeah i know it's sweet nothings in our ear as we fucking sit here Yeah. yeah uh rapid city stetson right Gets back to his winning ways. Didn't take him long after the national finals rodeo with a world championship in the bow ride and an all around championship. He's back to second, I think, in both those standings with uh, over 14,000 won already just off the start of the year. So looking like it's going to be another good season for Stetson. Yeah, yeah finished third. Uncle uh, Uncle Spencer had a good finish. I think he split uh, third in the, in the bronc ride and with rider um so they got a they each got a chunk of the pie there and then they're all headed i talked to spencer today actually uh they're headed back for the rodeo this weekend so rapid city wow why aren't we living there i know (laughs) well kind of like last year south dakota was there was other ones that went but south dakota was you know the main area where every where all the rodeos were happening right underneath that and their and their hockey team's playing rapid city's got a team in the east coast league it's a affiliate of the uh tucson uh tucson and arizona and uh they've been playing they've been playing when's the the ahl coming back wasn't that supposed to be mid-february end of this week here i think i was actually just looking at it but i didn't catch a day um maybe like the this friday or saturday actually yeah it should be pretty soon mid-february i think i heard off the hop so that'll be good i think i think it's quicker yeah oh yeah we they're and trust me they're ready to get planned yeah, a lot no of shit. those guys. Some of those guys, they're going on a year that they haven't played a hockey game. Yeah, yeah. So and what about the WHL? What's the deal? There? Well, I've got players reporting to the WHL teams in Alberta, and they're scheduled to play February twenty sixth. Uh, anyway, this Friday. Oh, sweet, plan. cool. Yeah, That's we're plans. So, I'll busy kind of watching uh, on the computer here, which would be good. But back to you, Scott um, Lethbridge. Yeah, they're. All our players are back there um, where we thought Saskatchewan was going to be the, the go-to or the first province back. Um, I haven't heard anything yet. None. So it, is it going to have any effect um, on them starting in the WHL now that 
they've canceled like all minor hockey in Alberta as of today? Like, will that have any bearing on them going, whoa, should we move it no. back even more? I don't think so. They've been pushing back and pushing back. It's finally, um, I'm, I'm just actually glad that they put a plan together instead of just, you know, they're, the, the kids are in, they're skating with their groups now. So that's the first time that's happened. Um, right. You know, they talked about starting on this day and this day, but, you know, we can all set dates. I can tell you we're going to do a bull ride in here, uh, you know, June 30th, but unless you have a plan in place and, and you know, it, it's it's got to come to fruition somehow. You can't just talk about it. You got to do it. How about March 30th? That'd be better. <laughs> How about tomorrow? Fuck. Oh, no shit. Uh, what about it, though? Uh, your guys in uh, the NHL, are they rolling? What happened and what's happening with them? Well, no, they're not rolling. <laughs> shit. New Jersey and Vegas are both postponing games due to COVID outbreaks. So that yeah. takes care of Severson and Stevenson. Uh Howard like didn't go on the road with the Canucks, but he is skating. So he hasn't had a chance to get in the lineup yet this year from a concussion suffered in the uh, preseason inter-squad game. Um, and then my boy E bear, Ethan bear took a shot from off the ice, hit him in the head on the bench, actually broke his helmet. Um, Fuck. Yeah, so, you know, you got to go through the concussion protocol, all that. And then uh, they went as far as making sure everything was good um, with an MRI and everything. So he's skating. I expect him. He's not going to play uh, tonight. I, I hope to see him back in the next one or whenever he's ready, obviously. But So yeah. what you're saying is those guys can shoot harder than me? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Quick snapshot, quick snapshot. Oh, man, that that's whistling if it breaks your fucking helmet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no yeah. shit. I've huh. seen the new CCM helmet, what he's wearing, and they retail to the teams at just shy of 800 apiece. Um, like the technology that's going into, well, helmet's pretty important. I, I would guess there's no different in a football helmet. It would even be that much more sophisticated but yeah. yeah i i go back to when we played the the i think it was supposed to be got some kind of foam in my old cc but from sweat and you know sitting in the bag and it, yeah. it was as hard as the it was as hard as the plastic on the outside at the end. <laughs> like what good is that doing a guy uh that's good <laughs> well speaking of hockey uh that can segue us into our guest today former hockey player Turned one of the funniest fucking human beings ever in the world. We're luckily enough. To, oh, fuck, fuck. Good English. English. Luckily, luckily, <laughs> lucky enough. Did I get it that time? I think so. Oh, no, you're lucky fuck. enough. No, kind of. <laughs> you know what? Lucky I can't, enough. I can't luckily even enough. I don't, I don't, I don't have the script. Yeah. I don't have the script. Fuck, so me neither. I, I, got my, I got some jock notes, but holy fuck, obviously I can't read them. Some we are lucky enough to be joined. We're probably going to laugh like this the whole freaking show when this guy gets on because he's one of the yeah. funniest human beings. That He's a comedian, but just he's one of those guys that when he says something, it's funny. Just fucking the way he says it makes the guy laugh. So looking forward to having Kelly Taylor on the pod today. Yeah, that was... Uh... I, we kind of decided this a few weeks ago and then we are just having to figure out where we we're going to put him in eh? and get him cornered. Cause I think, uh, 
he's kind of like us trying to get us three herded in the same corral at the same time isn't that easy but, yeah uh, exactly no good we, we better not keep him waiting <laughs> yeah exactly we'll get to him uh right away uh one more thing that we do want to get to is uh the passing of Sharon Shoulders, if you guys seen that, that's, uh, you know, such an iconic woman, really the first lady of rodeo, you know, and, and um, somebody that I had mm-hmm. was fortunate enough to meet and, and get to talk to and never did she ever not have, you know, I was nobody and she was this prestigious woman and always, always. had time to talk and, um, and uh, give you some info and, and just a, just a great lady. Uh, I don't know if you guys had any run-ins with her or not. Yeah, she, uh, well, Jim was the original Wrangler and Dorsey back in the day. Um, you know, it was interesting. All the years they worked with Jim and Sharon, never had a contract. Really? Not a written contract. No. Yeah. No, just an agreement, just a handshake. So she, uh, she <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> she did join us at a sales meeting. Um, yeah, like you said, just a lovely lady and, um, you know, those are the kind of people you like to sit down and have a dinner with. And, you know, I got to sit with Harry Gold at the supper table one time and, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I put her in that same class of, you know, they're iconic, they're rodeo legends. You yep. know, she, uh, yep. I, I, I would see her as the manager in that relationship. You know, Jim was the cowboy, but Sharon was the manager. She, uh, she looked after him and, um, uh, you know, I, I think she's pretty business savvy and uh, knew how to carry herself as a professional. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a huge loss to the industry, uh, but she'll never be forgotten. I never got to meet her, uh, but just off of social media, the people that have, you know, said comments and every comment, like you say, it's just, she was iconic. So yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely a sad passing. For sure. So our thoughts and prayers are, are with them and, and the whole family and um, somebody that will definitely never be forgotten. That's for sure. So with that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad you joined us today because we're going to go have some fun right now with the one and only Mr. Kelly Taylor. That's what it is, too. My mom always she gets worried. She's like, because you, you're always around booze in this. She's like, you better watch, it. you know, alcoholism. She goes, it's a disease. I was like, wow. That has to be the best disease out there. <laughs> like, can you imagine if you just had a wheel and you were gonna get a disease, you just spin a big wheel, you're like, holy man, come on, alcoholism. <laughs> Woo, right on, alcoholism! <laughs> awesome, this, what'd you get? <laughs> Flesh-eating disease, <laughs> holy, tough one. What's the side effects of that? Eats your flesh. I'm not trading. Get out of here. Where does it say side effects? I'll tell you. Where's my. Oh, yeah. Good times. This is good. Welcome to the show today. Canada's top comic appearing in Just for Laughs all across Canada. A two time provincial champion in both Pee Wee and Bantam for PA minor <laughs> hockey. A funny man from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, Kelly Taylor. Kelly, how are we doing today? 
Don't let, uh, hopefully this episode doesn't get out to any comics when you call it Catastock Comic. I'm sure there'll be about 10 or 15 other comics <laughs> like, fuck that. <laughs> hopefully we're just getting out to the PBR boys or something that I've seen me because, uh, yeah, there might be some people who have got a discrepancy on that. Okay. But you can't take away the Wee AA and the Bantam AA title. Those are mine for sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Fuck those guys. I think you're the top comic. You're my top comic. You're yeah, right. Mine too. There we go. Okay. Kelly, do you remember which towns you beat out in both those years for the provincial title? Yeah, Regina, both times. They had a good team. The, I remember Pee Wee, we were stacked to the tits. I probably didn't even need to be there. I was a goalie. We won 8 7. And then the next year, the next, well, it was two years later in Bantam. We didn't make a major minor team. The team in PA was split up, so it was a lot tougher win. So I actually had to play good in that final. So uh, <laughs> I had Regina both good. times. So take that, Jeremy Rondeau and uh, Donnie Kinney. I remember those were the two stars for Regina. So fuck them. They're missing two titles. We got <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So, so growing up, Northern Saskatchewan, Prince Albert, like most kids, you're obviously playing minor hockey. Growing up, hockey is everything. How does that turn into a career as a comic? I uh, just be bad at hockey, I guess. Uh, I, that's it. I, I tell people those are on my bio because it just absolutely plateaus after that. A lot of people are like, oh, I hit my stride in this. I was, uh, I plateaued in Bantam. So after that, like all my friends were going out, like, like after high school, all my, I think like I had eight good friends, like best friends and they all played pro. Uh, and I didn't go anywhere, so I kind of had to find something else to do. I was so jealous of them. And then when I started doing comedy, even then, it's not that fun because they uh, even started comedy a little later just because I didn't want to miss out on the parties on the Friday and Saturday because they <laughs> do comedy. You were at the low totem pole. You didn't even know some of these headliners. They treat you like shit anyways. You're just an up-and-coming guy. So I'd miss out on something to go to a small town. So I started even a little bit later. and th- But now it feels like I, I got the last laugh because all my – buddies that play pro hockey are done and they've got real jobs and now i still well you still have a COVID, career i still have a <laughs> not right now but I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, same as us a, now i have all the fun like i get to just travel and got like a it's like a fucking holiday for life just uh good times that's all it is so what in about, the long run i guess it's good that is good what sounds about like, you? sounds like tanner's life yeah, you guys got a lot in common. No wonder you guys get along so damn well. <laughs> Except that, yeah, exactly. Except he might get banged up a little more than me. So, uh, yeah. What about what about? So you went back to where your your all your buddies or lots of your buddies, like eight of them, went to the pros, which um, that's pretty amazing. And obviously, in Northern Saskatchewan, Prince Albert town. There's a lot of hockey, so guys are gonna go places with it. But you being a goalie, when all your friends were gone, what's the story when you? Uh, when you called the WHL team and and you were like, "Fuck it, I won't even play goal." What's that? Oh, that that's SJ, actually. Okay, yeah, because you think you have your your heads all mapped out of where you're gonna go in hockey. So in Bantam, like it's saying Bantam Double A, we had that great season. We win provincials, and then I'm going into Triple A, but uh, I'm going to Pat's camp as a 16 year old, and I've talked to the coach during the summer. 
they're good. they've got two older goalies, so they're making room. They're probably making room for me. So I was like, oh my god, in my head, I'm like 16 year old. Is, and back in the day, like a 16 year old that plays in the dub, that's a good chance to get drafted in the NHL. So you're like, you haven't even played a game in the <laughs> in the Western League, and I'm already like planning out, like, yeah, you're going to get drafted. You know, you won't play much this year. This <laughs> all this goes through your head, and then I go to Pat's cap and absolutely suck. I let in five goals in the first period of inter squad play. I broke my stick in Pat's camp and thought, oh, whatever. I just got to play one period because you got three goalies on each team. I can get through one period of the broken stick. No, I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I let in five goals on like 11 shots, got released, and then just never played good in AAA. Went back and backed up for AAA. And then the next year, I got cut as a second-year AAA. Like, you know, when you hit, they let the house league kids skate for one skate, and they just <laughs> – dice them i was dice straight away i was like hey i can't find my name on the list what am i playing <laughs> so uh i think i got something about maybe he drinks too much whatever i don't know where that came from rumors yeah bonus. so uh where was this question Fake actually news. going to CNN. Oh, oh yeah so, yeah so now I'm, I'm not playing the dub i'm not i'm not i'm not even listening to any sjt but you get a letter every sjt would get want to get 50 bucks from you just to go to camp so I got it. I get the, you get all the letters and I was like, holy man, I got to actually, like, I'm not listed with anyone. I got to try to crack a lineup here. I'm done playing midget. So I looked at lineups. So I could tell they had two goalies, they had two goalies. So then I started calling teams. I was like, Hey, do you have your goalie situation? Like set net move on nip one. Hey, you got your goalie situation. Like we're set. And I was like, holy shit, man. I'm on the last call. It was like Kindersley. So I called Kindersley Clippers and uh, their coach was Wayne Labrie. And I was like, hey, you got it? He's like, no, we're set. And then I was just like, fuck my, I got nothing. Like, I, I would have, there's, I have no friends at home. Everyone's gone. So then I was just like, and that was a time <laughs> when you, you had terror, because I'd been to a million camps where there was guys that could barely skate, but if they fought every shift, there's always room for them. You always have that fourth line guy. And I just wanted to be around guys. I didn't care. So then as soon as he said, no, we're set, I was like, wow. Said I'll play. Uh, can I be a fourth line and uh, I'll fight? And as soon as the time you tell me to fight and I don't fight, you can send me home. And he's like, "Well, just are you goes are, are you a goalie or forward?" Or <laughs> I said, no, I'll be anything you want to be. And it was like you just, and then it was just silence on the phone for a little bit. He's like, "I uh, uh, think we're good." And then I had two buddies from PA that played on Kindersley, Rennie Boyson and uh, or uh, Robbie Boyson and Renee Benoit, and they were both like, "Man, did you?" Call Wade Lebrie and tell him you'd fight. I was like, fuck man, yeah, I got nothing else to do. Bricklaying <laughs> with my dad when I'm 18. That sucked balls. Everyone's playing junior hockey having the time of their lives, and I'm building mixing mud at Mount St. Joe's and building scaffolding. So wasn't quite as good. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's good. Cool. So then how does how does comedy come into play? You're just fucking partying one night and get ripped up and know that you're funny or, or how did how did that kind of come around like i always uh well you yeah you want to play hockey and then it's not an option then i was like oh man i i always loved stand up I, I i was always uh like kind of you know life of a party or just and my brothers were like that they'd come into a room and kind of take command of the room even my brother i remember like back in the day you know when kids come in the room parents like great fuck get out of here but my brother could come into a room and be funny to like adults and like adults would be like holy man and then my dad was kind of like the same storm. He'd walk into a room and just get in everyone's face. Almost, my dad was almost to the point where he'd be inappropriate too. Like, holy shit, was that ever inappropriate? So that is always funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never been in a hospitality room where we had 
at a hockey tournament where there was a parent that hadn't met my dad yet. And I remember being there, like going to get something from my mom. We were both leaving. And then the one parent like elbows this other one, like, here, this is Kenny Taylor. This is the guy I was telling you about. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. So I was that kind of uh, guy, like, uh, you know, just kind of funny and always knew I wanted to do it and never really knew how to get into it. Cause there was, there was like a yuck yucks night in PA, but so the first show I actually did was yeah. for my mom. Cause I told her I wanted to be a comedian and no people don't call you to do a comedy show because they told you what to be a comedian. you have to go out and do comedy and my mom came to like hey the bank is having like uh the christmas party and they want a comedian would you like to do it which is ridiculous like you should be doing comedy for 10 years figure out what a corporate set is and i was like wow uh, it doesn't seem like the right field but no one's asking me to do comedy so i was like yeah and usually do comedy for three to five minutes i ended up doing like an hour which is <laughs> pretty ridiculous <laughs> Did so, you have any uh, stuff was, or you just, that was just all from the top it, of your it head? Was, it was, it was almost like get a bunch of, like I jotted down a few things, but I didn't even know how to write a joke then. So it was lots of stories and heavy yep. drinking is what it was. And it worked <laughs> out, it worked out all right. But then the real, when I really got into comedy is uh, a few years later, I went to university and then I was like, okay, I got to find a way to do this. Got a hold of a guy. He had all these bars on uh during the weeknights and started going out there all the time then you started building up material and that was it that was that was it right there no so like I, I remember you back in the day i was a little bit older than you in carlton comprehensive high school and and uh like you would do stuff like pull up the four-way stops in that standard car and just stop and bounce all the way through <laughs> wave at people like man it, it, was, it was in you right from the start do you do you think you know, it was something obviously way back, even playing hockey that you were kind of maybe in the back of your head wanted to do, correct? That's funny, man. Yeah, that is what we used to do. Like, I think obviously everyone thinks different. Like if someone's real smart at math, they'll come in, they'll assess the situation like this. Like, like that. It's like, I'm terrible at like everything. Like I was a goalie. I can't even touch my toes. Like no wonder why I was done in phantom. I was the least, like I had no mobility. Like, and I, I can't read well. I can't write. I can't spell. Everything I technically do is terrible. Like I, as a kid, you think you run fast and look good. And then people start like, look at this guy. Then they start calling me crazy legs. Like I didn't even know what, cause you know what you look like when you run. Like I run ridiculous. I can't swim. Like, I, I'm terrible at everything there is. I'm terrible. It, it's like I got one trait and they'll say, okay, you can assess each situation and try to make, like light out of it or something because each time i walk into a room it's always like you can figure out things and then someone would say something like you're just gonna leave that or i don't know if that's a part to do with my brothers because my brother as soon as anything gets said like he doesn't take a second off everything's about burning someone so everything is like a burn burn yeah, yeah. so we used to do everything like uh why like every every time the bell rang for lunch at carlton we're like hey let's go do something stupid like let's let's laugh let's go out and we used to just like be ridiculous. Like go into the four-way stop and you know, pretend you couldn't drive. <laughs> just like like the car would be running fine, and we just toss up the hood and, and, and then like get into fake argument with me and Buddy, like just over by Carlton, like whoa, whoa, what's going on? And the car's running fine. We're just taking up the whole intersection. Like what are these idiots doing? And then we would we would uh, and this one became huge in high school. We called them fakers, where we would kind of sit and you could see the car coming from your left but you're like oh yeah he's looking and we'll pretend we don't see him you know when you can kind of tell like a car's inching out like does this asshole not see me and then we pull out in front of somebody like almost hit them and they're like freaked out like hey what the fuck and you're like hey 
And then we would just drive around all dude hour and do that shit. And, oh. Oh. and then you go into the square, you throw things, do this, and, like anything stupid. We're just to make you laugh. And it's, a, it's almost like we were jackass guys in high school. Just why, oh, why take cool. a moment off from laughing when you can laugh just all the time? Fucking rip it up. Oh, <laughs> too, bad, too bad you couldn't have beat Johnny Knoxville to that, you know? Oh, when, when we saw, I, I remember I was actually at Todd Miller's house. It was the first time I saw a jackass and it blew my mind. I was like, this is the greatest thing. And why weren't we, uh, why weren't we doing that? But then sometimes they start doing some insane shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> not going that far. Not going I'll, that I'll, far. Put that, I'll put that little car up my ass and go to the doctor. But I'm not fucking <laughs> 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 Uh, what about what about uh, in those early days, like when you started doing gigs? I would imagine that they probably weren't at the highest class of places, and probably some fun times. How do you prepare for something like that when you're not overly confident in yourself, and you know you're just gonna go out there and fucking rip it? What do you? How do you get prepared for something like that? Well, well and wait, just to echo Tanner here, I I have this vision. If you've watched Roadhouse, you know when yep. the band when the bands behind the chicken wire like has it ever been that bad oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah Uh, i've been to like northern communities in ontario where like the comics and i was drinking all like i was getting into their mood and the comics weren't they're just like this looks brutal let's just do the show get out of here and i was already like rip roaring having a good time i was like no let's do this let's get the crowd (laughs) that was ridiculous that way when i started out because it was that's how it started out was all kind of rough bars so if comics came through saskatchewan and did our run it was like they wanted to do this run and get the fuck out of here whereas i was always used to it because sometimes the crowd wouldn't even listen to you like they wouldn't listen to i remember jt's and pa if they could smell you telling a joke they're like hey fucking he's telling jokes this guy like they just wanted <laughs> this guy thinks he's fucking funny. Like a real, <laughs> yeah they wanted a real life party story so every time i went on stage i was always drinking and being ridiculous and you had to get to like the same level as them so and and if they could smell a like jokes like oh what the hell and they wouldn't pay attention and comics hated coming here and then I was also uh, loose cannon like I would I like they'd have to follow me because I, I just started comedy but then I would guzzle a schoon two or three schooners and the crowd would pay attention to that because they're guzzling schooners and then they would come up to do jokes and like they wouldn't listen to them because there's it's like who when they're drinking hard wants to stop pay attention to everything and that's not the way pa was like it was you had to be more of a sideshow and i used to <laughs> one of my closers was getting i used to do this ray finkel as lois ihorn uh ace venture was more relevant back then <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. i'd get like because yes. comics would be like who likes impersonations and everyone would be like, yeah because that's what people do. they like it. and i was like i don't have any impersonations i need one i said like, oh man i should do ray finkel as lois ihorn which in Ace Venturi, they Ray Finkel or Lois Ihorn is like they pants her and it's just fucking got dick and balls tucked back between her legs. So I would always, <laughs> who likes impersonations, go behind a little curtain, come back out with my dick and balls tucked and it would get a huge laugh. <laughs> it's really hack, obviously. Like it's yeah. not a well-written joke or anything. Because real comments like, what a loser this guy is. <laughs> Except the, the crowd would get a huge laugh and then it's just hard to follow that. So comments like, I don't want to follow this animal. But then I did it when I went, uh, I did it in Calgary. And when I went to Calgary, I thought I made it. Because I was like, oh, man, I've made it. I'm out, I'm out of Saskatchewan. I was far from making it. It was at Coco's. It was the, uh, it was like the airport bar. <laughs> the girls were in bikinis. The one lady, I think she was actually shot by a shotgun. 
Like it was nasty, Matt. So I did this, uh, or no, it wasn't even that night. It was the next night. This one night, Jax, I did this Ray Finkel joke. It's my closer, and I walk off. I hope it's my closer. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that joke in mid set and then keep going. Yeah. But I, so I do this joke, and it, and it always get a big laugh. But this night, it got like a real big pop. Like wow, I was like, oh yeah, there we go. See, you're making it. And I go to get off, and the host is like dying laughing. I was like, yeah, it's a good joke, eh? Like I like I think I'm awesome. And he's like, no, Matt. He goes, look, like the glass was actually reflective. So it was <laughs> behind me. Everyone could just see my dick and balls tucked back between my leg. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so now every you. show I wanted to do after that, I wanted reflective glass. I have to have a look. <laughs> so uh, Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey, uh, is that kind of like, would that be your comedy idol? Or who did you look up, look up to when you're trying to get in the game? That's funny, man, because when he, it would have been like grade 10 is when he kind of blew up and uh, I loved it, like loved him. Yeah. Uh, so, we you know, like impersonations of him, I guess. So that's my one impersonation. But growing up, yeah, for sure would have been uh, Jim Carrey big time. I was a huge Saturday Night Live guy. I just loved SNL, uh, Chris Farley, Will yes. Ferrell. Will Ferrell would have been older, but yeah, Chris those, those are my, uh, those are my guys. Like stand up is Stand up. I don't watch a lot of stand up, but uh, it's usually the guys I like in stand up are the guys that are, uh, are different than me. Like I like Norm Macdonald, like slow. Yeah. There's a guy in the states called Mike Berbiglia, huge fan. Uh, those are probably the, those guys, and then just SNL. Just SNL will always just look like they're having a good time, and maybe I'm a team guy. Like the end of SNL, where you just see them all, and I just look at them, and you're like, oh fuck. They're going to party. What a great night that would be after just <laughs> Fuck, grinding yeah. it out nonstop because they're working nonstop for like two, three weeks to build up to that show, then to do it. And then you're just like, oh, how fun with that. Just the cast going out of like, well, apparently back in the day, the Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, they went for a couple weeks without sleeping. Oh, it'd be nuts. Face down to the glass going hard. Yeah. yeah. Chris Farley. Fuck. Yeah. Could you imagine, man? Those guys would have been just absolute beasts. Just at, and then like to have, like you know, it's almost like a big win or you ride good that night. Like you know, when you hit a skit, you're like, "Fuck, I think that's and that skit's gonna stand the test of time." Yeah. To go yeah. out that night, like after cowbell or after yeah. all the motivational speaker, like Farley <laughs> after the night of motivational speaker must have been like, "Oh, I think that was good." Eh? <laughs> I did it. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so. Do, do you ever uh, when you when you walk into a crowd and you have say your set wrote or you know what you're going to say? Have you ever had to just change it up, like walking up thinking, "Oh, what I got planned for yeah. today is going to work with this crowd." Yeah, that that's. Uh, I usually work solo, which uh, sucks in the sense of you don't get to actually feel out the crowd. So if if I'm working with other guys, you, you get to sit there and watch and like, okay, yeah, well, no. And you kind of you're like, oh, maybe that won't work tonight. So, and there's almost you you know like uh, there's some of my favorite things like you, if you do like a senior hockey function. So senior hockey function is like, man, I put that's where I fell in love with hockey again. Like played six years of that. So I kind of like know what that's all about. You know, it's locker room guys. You know, they're at that thirty ish age or they're starting to get kids. They've all got and all their girls are there and it's like a night out. And senior hockey is usually in a small town. It's like a senior hockey show has like the trifecta of it's everything's in my wheelhouse. Like, holy yeah. fuck, this is going to be fun. We're yeah. supposed to some nights you're like, this won't work. This won't work. This is cut this out. 
like I did a function for, uh, I remember my old manager and he's a uh, Jewish guy. And he, <laughs> he, I don't know why, maybe there's not enough Jewish comedians in, in Western Canada. Cause he gave me this gig in Calgary. And it was all Jewish. And he's like, and, and he goes, Kelly, uh, <laughs> maybe don't do this. Don't do this. And he goes, yeah, that, <laughs> he goes that Kathy joke. Yeah, that's funny. He goes, but you don't need to do that tonight. He goes, that might got hit. And I was like, what are they? He goes, he goes, Jews don't count. I mean, talk about change like through the years now that kind of the world's gone a lot softer than it has in the past. So from when you first came on as a comic, as your shit and material had to change just to fucking not go over the line lots of the times. It almost changed uh, pre getting soft. Like, uh, so I would start out in bars and it was always uh, a very dirty show. Cause you had to, you had to be a wild thing to opening up for a guy doing a corporate event. And then I was like, Holy man, this, this isn't going to really work. So it was even before that. Cause the guy said, cause if you want to make money in comedy, you got to be clean. So now I do 90% of my shows are clean just cause I got kids and I got to pay the bills. And then, uh, the other ones where you cut loose and you feel more obligated. If someone's paying you full price for a show, you're like, I don't want to come in here and then them get six complaints. So the mm-hmm. beauty of someone giving you a show that pays shit and all that, then you treat it like that. Like you come in like, okay, well, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell a lot of jokes. I'm going to riff. And if it doesn't work, who cares? You're barely giving me any money. But sometimes that's when they get the gold because if the crowd is like that anyways, now they're getting, Cause when you tell a joke for the first time and it hits, it's like, it's like euphoric. You're like, Oh man, that's awesome. And you can tell when the crowd feels it for the first time. Like, I think this guy is making it up as he's going too. Cause you can tell, like, maybe you just ask one person a question and then it just sprouts off and it keeps going like that. So it's, uh, it always varies, but even, uh, I did colleges in canada for one year and it was uh real fun like lots of drinking you could do this and then i went to uh do american colleges and it was like just i thought it'd be like a canadian college like we'll do this and this whereas the drinking age in the states is 21 so the comedy show was the alternative for all the kids drinking so i cut out all my drinking stuff all my canadian stuff and then if you're in the southern part all your hockey stuff and then all your family stuff so you're like oh that's gone that's gone that's gone what i called What's left? Exactly. So I literally wrote within that year. I wrote a hour. Holy shit! Holy fuck. <laughs> Scott's loaded already. Fuck. <laughs> Is it noon yet? Son of a bitch. <laughs> so Sorry, I wrote. A- Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> I just. <laughs> excitement <laughs> okay we're so, good we're back i wrote it i wrote a thing called uh i called it my nerd hour because like i was telling jokes to like an 18 year old girl coming over dorm room in her pajama pants sitting at the end of a chair and like not even in a group so it was like i was telling my jokes were like about coloring uh the way girls do this uh my closer was like a jenga joke board game thing and i was like holy man like you have to adapt like if you if you say you're gonna live and die by the certain same material all the time holy man God. yeah that, that'd that's be t- tough that's not gonna work yeah you know? yeah yeah the trudeau jokes probably work way better over here than they do in gatineau <laughs> yeah that's the thing i don't i'm not even smarter talk they say talk about what you know about so there's no politics like i think you do some <laughs> politics stuff i was like i'll say something someone will heckle me and i'll probably no nah, i don't know you're right yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i usually leave those off to uh, smarter guys 
Is there, there a is there, Tanner was uh, oh sorry Scott I was just going to follow up on Tanner's question about your you know the the comics you looked up to and and admired as a young guy was there some that you thought how did this guy make it that that did make it like they kind of turned out that you just didn't find funny and you promised yourself I'm not going to be like that guy Oh well, that's a great question I've never even had that yeah 100% there's ones and uh because you work with so many of them too, and some can just be huge pieces of shit too, like that. Like, <laughs> like and, hey, that's same as our world. Same as our world. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And you know, it, and the weird thing, it's uh, and it, uh, I'm trying to think of a Canadian. Not many Canadians. It was uh, uh, seemed like it was a few Americans. It's almost like I've done a lot of hockey functions where it seems like if you're drinking with 30, 40 hockey guys, I swear to God, by the end of the night, I'm sitting at a table with SAS guys or maritime guys. Like they're very right. similar, the same kind of feel. But I'm not going to uh, mention names. I remember we're doing this comedy festival and this comic was just the on the cusp of making it big, but not quite there. Like, because uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the last comic standing was coming, but this person was on it, but they hadn't, they recorded, but they hadn't released anything what was happening. And we were doing this thing. It was a low-end comedy festival. So there was no one picking people up at the airport. It was just, we were being nice enough to do it. So me and another comic went. And we went to pick up the, pick them up from the airport. And like we went and they didn't know we were the comics. And like, they, they like walked away from their bags. Like we're supposed to pick it up and take it. I was like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? fuck? I was like, we're just being nice guys. Like we're drinking and we're whatever. So we grabbed these bags and threw it in. And oh man, just arrogant pieces of shit and later on when I've, I've watched this person do well now and even when i watch it i was like i, I still don't see what is funny in this right. at all and i cringe yeah fuck that guy yeah and i just <laughs> yeah oh COVID, and buddy, COVID, buddy yeah. hated him buddy hated him even more he was drinking in there like, yeah. hey, what you can't drink and drive and then he goes oh fuck no you're in canada and this this shit rolls and they're like what this is legal in canada like, <laughs> like it's not but they know nothing about canada so. <laughs> what about the uh, uh, Until the, they get their paycheck and see the exchange, they'll really be disappointed. They really want to go home. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. So the same kind of in that same realm of questions with actors and and that whole other gig, Jim Carrey, Chris Farley, all those guys, comedy move into actual acting. Uh, you had a starring role in <laughs> Sure Shot Dombrowski. Is this correct? What's this? Yeah, I've never I, I never heard of this. Maybe we should have kept it that way. Why no. you think that? <laughs> just kidding. But it's it's like you know what like it, it's so bad. And you know what a movie is so bad, it's almost good because like holy man, this is so bad, it, it's kind of good. Sure Shot Dombrowski is actually so bad, it's but it's just so bad. Like it doesn't even get to the point where oh it's kind of good. No one can even stay awake. Like it's it actually like melatonin, it's fucking bananas. Like if you're having trouble with insomnia, watch this. It it's like, this is how bad it is. The guy, I'd never acted, and the guy came to my stand-up and saw me. He's like, yeah, well, that, that's that's the guy. We'll give him the leading role. The leading role, I've never acted. So the first few days on set, they'd be like, cut. And each time they said cut, I was just like, they're probably going to look at each other like, what this guy fuck? can't act. What the fuck were we thinking? Like, ooh. <laughs> and I was like, each, and they're like, okay. Where was it, it filmed? Was, Canada? It was filmed in, yeah, in Edmonton and then like little small town places. And it was a hockey movie. And like, like I said, I'm a goalie, terrible skater. So they just thought <laughs> I, I played hockey. So the first day, so we do the first few days, we're not on ice. And then we go on the ice and I don't have any gear. So they go, 
they bring me gear, but it's a low end uh, Canadian movie. They they go get to Value Village. So man, I'm in like one. I can barely escape. <laughs> Never mind your 1982 CCF. Oh, yeah, I got to put my slipper on before I put it in the plastic <laughs> boot. Eh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and just these wood lumber sticks. And the guy goes. And then he like the guy making the movie doesn't know anything about it. So he brings in like a hockey guy to try to drop a play. And I'm sitting there barely standing on this stuff. Like, what is going on? He's like, okay, guys, we're going to do a two on one. We're going to come across. We're going to pass over to, uh, and then they'd always say your name. Sure. Shot. And then uh, sure shot. Shot, if you could, if you could take a slap shot, I think that's your new name. I think that's a new nickname. Sure. Shot. I like that. Please not. Please not. And I look, I was like, fuck man, I can't get a slap shot off the ice. <laughs> so they got like a sponge puck to try to get it off. It was just, it was a gong show. It was, it was so bad, man. But it had to, it couldn't have been that bad because you then, what had happened with the, like Happy Madison looked at you, Jimmy Kimmel, like there's all this other stuff that you're leaving out. That wasn't like that, it's really bad, but I feel like. That wasn't, that wasn't because of that movie. That was because of Just for Laughs. Uh the oh, sure shot was just uh it was bad bad <laughs> like that, the happy madison thing that was um just for laughs when i first started i the thing is i had more confidence i think when i first like maybe after two years uh because i got this one bit and nowadays you don't do seven minute sets especially where i live like in if you're living in la and new york Every comic does like seven minutes. So you go to a, a night, a comedy night in New York or LA, there's 15 comics on a show and everyone does seven minutes. So you can really polish this seven minutes, you know, the timing of it, it's boom, boom, boom. And kind of back when I was uh, two years in, there's more comics. So I, I would be able to get this uh, seven minute set down. And then I went to just for, I got just for laughs. And your first just for laughs, you do a thing called the homegrown competition. And if you place top two, you get more shows. So I placed top two, got more shows. And then I got invited to like best of the fest. And I was like, holy shit, I was having a great festival. Uh, we had like Jimmy Kimmel guy kept coming to each show and loved it. We had uh, Kimmel book. We just had to get video for Kimmel. And then we had happy Madison guys loved it. We had universal, but I was, I was too young and stupid. I just thought everyone was getting things that just for laughs. I was like, Oh, this is what just for laughs is. Everyone's got deals going on or, which I actually, it's not like that, but I just had this great just for laughs, but I was so stupid. I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Didn't really do anything with it. So all we had to do for Kimmel was send him a video and I never watch any of my stuff. So from Montreal, I went straight to New York and he wanted this certain joke and it felt like I was forcing that joke. Like each night you can go in and you're like, this one night wasn't like a busy night. It was like, that joke is a high energy joke. It feels like it won't do good. And I recorded it. And that's exactly what happened. There's a low energy Wednesday crowd. I'm bringing this high energy fish joke. And it's kind of like, nah. So I never sent it. I do another one. Wouldn't send it. So I just never sent Kimmel this video. <laughs> and I had Kimmel booked and never did it like that. I think there was something about on your thing was what's your biggest loss or regret that number one, the hands down. Number one thing was never sent, uh, Kimmel that that fucking video. video and then even with the happy Madison guys that <laughs> I just never really followed up and pitted in in LA like I went to LA and we had things going on and when things are happening in LA it's the most exciting place in the world and then when things aren't so we thought we had a movie boom fell through and now I'm just in LA and I know I'm not going to be there for like a year or two to get my feet wet I know I'm only there for a month so then it was just like two and a half weeks of going to a comedy club not getting on and when you're not getting on it's fucking brutal especially when you're seeing comics like well i'm better than that guy and you're like, uh, 
yeah. I couldn't even go to club. Like I, it's just disheartening, and you're like, "Oh, this sucks, man." Because you kids really, at home too, probably right? You had kids. Yeah, at that's home. the thing. If I was a single guy, I would pit in. I would pit in in LA or New York, but I had a kid right from the get go. And at that point, I remember I had two, so it was like the longer I'm staying there, the more money I'm spending not bringing it because you're not making any money while you're in LA or New York. So it was like, oh, so when we, when I went there, I had to hit a home run. And uh, we thought we had the home run, but it's funny because I went to the last casting call and the casting director said, I think you got the role. We got, the director's going to sit in on the last one. So the director sat in on the last one, like did this audition, left, and then uh, I was waiting for my manager to call. And then my manager called, he's like, oh, thinking we got this movie. I was like, yeah, we get it. He's like, uh, yeah, the director sat in on that last one. He said you sounded overboard, stupid Canadian. Oh fuck. <laughs> fuck no way man no way so then i thought i was getting this movie i had this other um pilot thing i was going on to and then that was like uh the day after i had i thought i was getting a movie and then the other one was a sitcom but i was like holy i'm getting a movie about a sitcom and the description of the guy was a tall lanky skinny guy and like I'm top heavy, bulky. I was like, holy fuck, I'm gonna have to cut weight for this one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and then the day as I go to go for that audition, they got my headshot and they just canceled my audition. One look and that I was enough. I was in a sitcom and now I'm at the back of a comedy club. I can't even get on. Just brutal. Went from thinking I'm think I'm making the pats to play to the NHL, <laughs> think I'm in the movies, <laughs> to right back and roster and swinging, slinging gigs. I think that was my first gig back in Rostron after it didn't go good either uh, <laughs> well they wouldn't have a sense of humor there in Rostron would they I don't think so I don't yeah, think yeah. So. not your fault not your fault <laughs> uh what about uh the the we'll get into the bull riding side of it your son Rook huge bull oh. riding fan you come out to all the events um the one that we have a uh, Clooney Cooper Memorial and Prince Albert. Uh, I've seen you at a few different ones. Also the, the ones that we've done at my house. How did you, uh, how'd you kind of get hooked up on that whole gig and what kind of intrigues you about the sport? Oh, it's uh, see like, unlike, unlike stand up, like I said, like how I don't watch a lot of stand up because when I watch stand up, it doesn't give me, there's like um, Dave Chappelle is like the Connor McDavid of stand up. So when he talks and does things, how how Connor McDavid skates and that it just looks so effortless and so good. Like he's so good. I can watch him like that. But other besides that, when I watch stand up, to me it's just like, okay, this guy's a very good writer. This is good. That's good. But it's something I can do. So it doesn't give me that wow factor. Whereas bull riding and uh like NHL, NHL, when I still go to an NHL game, I still become a 12-year-old kid. Like I get excited all the time. Yeah, me too. But, yeah. but bull riding is the one thing where I just like it, 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 like I know I can't do it. Like I just, it, I, it, I, I get in there and the, the electricity, and I just start fucking. I was like, look at these motherfuckers get on this thing. I just, <laughs> I love it. Like I, I absolutely love it. I love the adrenaline I get. I like getting down close to the pen. I like seeing the bulls. And my boy, you don't know, if you have kids and you don't know which one's gonna be like you. Like so, I got my oldest boy. He's got like the sports aspect of me, and then Rook's got this adventure side where I was like, is he really gonna? Like he loves bull riding so much. And then, so wasn't this summer, it was the one before we took him out to like the little, the little mini ones where you get to ride a sheep, ride a pony, uh, yep. rip up the goat. I was like, okay, let's see really how you are. Cause you know, when kids get excited, like I remember my boys, like they're all excited and they want to get out and they skate for the first time. They got their skates on the house. Then you get on the ice and they can't 
they can't skate because they think they just can skate and they walk and then they fucking hate it and like okay yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but when we took them because you now it's all these little kids that you think oh they like it but they're all lined up and they're all scared like they're all like, oh i don't know if we want to do it yeah. and i watch my boy i look at him and he is like dead zoned in like oh my god like i finally get to do this like that's all he did uh because he played baseball and lacrosse and he kept bitching. He didn't want to go. Didn't want to go. He's like, I want to ride something. That's all he said. I want to ride something. And then the final, his very final ball game of the year, he gets in the car, takes off his gloves. He's like, that was the last one of the year, Dad? So like, yeah. He goes, okay, good. So next year I'm done. I don't do this. We can ride something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, but we're done. If you want to do that, let's do it. And then you're like, you don't, you don't know what it's going to be like. And then we went to the first one. And like literally licking his chops to get on these things. And it was funny. Like he, he dominated each one. And then they brought out one pony that the guy couldn't really, this fucking one was getting, it was bigger than the rest. He was getting all, they couldn't contain him. And then the one guy's like, get that thing out of here. Someone will get injured. And the kids like stayed away. And my boy like walks, you, you know, when you're in hockey and you got to skate against someone and you switch lines, can you go against the slow yeah, kid or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Shit, like, I hate it that I just admitted yeah. that, but I my remember career. Exactly. My career, yeah. He'll skate against the goalie, yeah. So he's like literally jimmying himself like four lines over to get that fucking pony that no one could go. And he just, he loved it. And then the little guy followed along with him too. Oh, and nice. then when it got when it got to the goat tipping, my little guy wouldn't go. And I was like, buddy, you just rode your pony. You just rode your, like, this is the easiest part. And then, uh, and then after we kind of, I, I couldn't figure out why. And he finally did the goat tipping. We get him in. And then my oldest boy, Rook, comes up and like, you know why Trip didn't want to do this? I was like, well, I'm scared of hurting that goat. <laughs> but, he, oh, <laughs> but he almost cried. Like, he just, he had, like, tears welling up. I was like, I don't want to hurt that goat. But yeah, I'll ride that sheep in that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, I, I, I still have the memory at, at Tanner's this summer and um, Tanner did a great job at the social distance. We had the 10 tables and the distance from the fence for safety. Rook just grabs a chair and he is sitting dead center yeah. about three feet by himself, just sitting there, arms crossed, taking her all in. Like he wasn't going yeah. to miss one thing, not one thing. That you think that jersey gets dirty after a night of bull riding? That you should see how that jersey every day. Like, so we have a riding ring now too. Like, I mean, wake up and having coffee. Like, where's the boys? They're in the ring, like, and he's got the jersey on, like fake, fake riding bulls and doing all this. And like uh, his school picture, he's got that jersey on. Like the first week of school, we had to, like have an intervention. Like, but and, like you don't usually get scared, baby. And he's got this. He, it's cool how he, he nothing bothers him of a, if he's dressed up or does anything like he'll go full cowboy into any function and you're like you start getting 10 you're like are you sure you want to go full, full cowboy here? Like, yeah, yeah. we're going to the water slot we're going to the water slot you know? like, that jersey was everywhere man still he just loves it and i, I love it and i was like it's one of those things like holy shit is he gonna do this but he 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 gets into things and loves it too so uh i know mom is scared and who yeah is get him some guys? fucking golf clubs <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's for the oldest tennis one. racket yeah i think he might because he's into adventure so he might be my hiking canoe partner but uh if he wants to do it i'm not gonna stop it Fuck, yeah. you guys are tough man like there's no way you're not getting injured your injury list is insanity so no fun. What about uh, you now? Farm life, like you said, um, you guys are always outdoors, adventuring. Uh, is that something that you always want to do? Get out of the city and kind of live that? Because you like that cowboy life as much as you oh. know, fun and stuff does too. 
I just wish I wasn't an idiot and knew more about it. So now, you know, when you live on an acreage, everyone just thinks, you know, cowboy stuff. And I know nothing. Like, I, <laughs> like even the horses, if they get out, I got to get my 10-year-old. Like, hey, Rock, the horse got out. I fucking, I don't know how you get a horse back in. Like, you know, <laughs> I, like I buy, I haul all the bales. I'll do all that. But like, I could fix, the help fix a little fence. But I'm an idiot at everything. Oh, and it's good. one of those things, like, I never, when I was younger, uh, envisioned, oh, living on an acreage. Just one of those things. You know, from when you're 20 to your 30, how much you change from your 30 to 40, you change. Like, I, I knew I liked being outdoors and all that. And then it got to the point where it was like, oh man, my kids love being outside. You'd have all this room. And uh, then it just kind of started, you know, building them. He's like, man, how awesome would it be to just be on an acreage, rip around, do anything? And now that's what we have. And like, literally, each time I get off a highway and you hit that dirt road and you're going to your house, it's just like, Oh fuck, man. Yeah. This is the fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Or or having like coffee in the morning where the sun hits the one side of a deck and you're like, and you just sit there and you're it's like the one thing where I pinched myself was like, holy fuck, are we lucky? And then at the other, and as the day goes, we like literally chase the sun to one side of the house on there. And then at the end of the night, you're at the other side of the deck. And you're like, and it just it, it doesn't get old to me. I just like I can't believe out of anything I've got or did or just anything, acreage life is like. I, I never knew I'd ever be able to do. I never knew I'd ever have an opportunity to get. I might be losing it here if COVID goes any longer. I'll be living in my shop. I'll tell you that. But uh, it's, just, it, it's unreal. Like it's. And then when you go to someone's house, like look how close this other person's house is. Like oh man, that'd be brutal. They're right on top of you. Like I mean, just you know, like not COVID, but like you can have a big fire. People are all over the place now. We got like I I'm, I never skidooed when I was a kid once. Now you know you have a skidoo you can go like a little tracker you got kids yeah, cross-country ski you got do. people skating you got oh man and you know, we had a we had a family reunion out here and my dad's a big horse guy father-in-law's big huge horse guy so horse riding's going on this is going on people are over there having beers at that spot just love it love it, <clears throat> oh, awesome. it. clarbertone hey okay uh we don't want to go too long with you and keep all your day up but i need the uh i need the story have you ever um ripped your nutsack before <laughs> <laughs> holy shit okay yeah um june 7th 2011 5 45 a.m hey man you know what you're pretty close that's crazy oh that's good uh, and the reason i would i would know that because it's i think i'd have to look but i think that's it it's boston bruins uh win the stanley cup against vancouver game seven so a little back uh, drop to the story is I'm doing a comedy festival in Saskatoon. And it, okay, so right there, if you're doing a comedy festival in Saskatoon, it's not a very big comedy festival because it's in Saskatoon. And if you're doing a low budget comedy festival, it's almost like starting <laughs> out in PBR, eh? Like you're doing the low end circuit, you don't get a hotel, like you're bunking with someone. So you don't even get a hotel. So now I'm bunking at a comics house and he's a comic. So he's split up with his wife and he's. He doesn't have his kid there that weekend. <laughs> so automatically he's divorced. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, we stay in his kid's room and his kid has a bunk bed. And the other comic that I'm sharing this room with is about 260. So I get top bunk. So I get top bunk and we, we give her to about <laughs> two or three in the morning. And I have, I have, I got an early flight to Thunder Bay. I'm doing this sports celebrity dinner. I fly out to Thunder Bay the next in the morning, but I don't actually do the show that night. I meet with the committee and we have this supper and then I do the show the next night. So I get up, I got to get up at like, man, it's like that, like five in the morning. I got like a 7am yep. flight. 
Yep. You might know the exact time I ripped my nutsack. So you know when you've been <laughs> you know when you've been giving her a hardcore, you don't even feel like getting out of bed. Never mind getting out of a bunk bed with a couple hours sleep. So I wake up, I was like, holy shit, that was a stupid idea. Drink until three. So and then did you guys know this? Bunk bed ladders made for children. So <laughs> it's, the ladder's like this narrow, so I can't fit down it, but I don't want to jump off the top of this bunk bed. So what I go to do is I put one foot like on the rung to like try to just slide down the ladder a little bit so I don't have to jump off and I don't have to fall like a foot and a half or two feet. So I my eyes are like half closed. I'm barely awake. So I just put my foot on this rung and I just go to like gingerly slide down the ladder. But instead of, you know, I don't want to jump over it and then I'd be too high. So I just kind of slide over. But the top pole catches my nutsack. And, just get, and then I go to push off. I went from like barely awake to like literally hanging in the air, like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, like floating, like my chest is hanging parallel to the ground. And the nutsack skin is like through my ass crack, hanging on the top of this pole. And I was like, oh my God, like from barely, oh my God. from like barely awake to like my eyes are bulging out of my head, just floating, looking at this fucking carpet. And I have to like jimmy myself oh. off. And the first time I go to Jimmy, I don't get my skin up enough, so it tears a little bit more. Oh, I fuck. I think my I think my my back hit the ceiling when I hit the ceiling, fall to the floor, and and the other comic went so hey man, what's going what's going on? You fall in a bunk with all man. And you know what? Like in PDR, like if you get injured bad enough, you it's not the immediate pain. It's more of in your head. Like if you look at something, you're like, oh fuck, this isn't good. Like I, there was, the pain wasn't there. It was more like, you're in shock. And I just sat there and I was like, oh fuck, there's, there's no way there's not damage. Cause I was just <laughs> hanging in midair. So the buddy's like, what, what's wrong? Did you fall? Are you hurt? Are you? And I wasn't talking. And I was like, well, I got to check. So I put my hand on my underwear and then I look up and it's just a mid of blood. I was like, oh, fuck. Ugh. So I got this, and I'm like, "Oh, he's like, oh man, you need to go to the hospital." And then the other comic who owns the house, like, so he goes on stage that night, and obviously he tells the story that I'm somewhere else tell the story. Guy at bottom bunk tell, so everyone's telling the story the next few nights of this festival. But either way, so I go to the bathroom, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And he, so this comic wakes up, is like, "I got to see what these idiots are talking about now." <laughs> and I goes like, "Wow, man." I was like, I can't go to the hospital because I got to catch this flight right right now. Like I'm on, I'm I'm close to not making it right now. So I got like, so I was scared of it like drying up and you know like sticking to my underwear and not being able to get it off. So I grabbed a bunch of Vaseline and just vast <laughs> up myself. <laughs> Went to the airport, uh, get there, and I was like, holy man! And uh, so then I land. Oh, you Thunder fucking Bay. flew like, like that. Oh yeah, flew oh. Went to Toronto, had like a four-hour layover, went to Thunder Bay, and then I landed. The committee picks me up, and it's not like right when I got off the plane, I'd be like, "Hey guys, hey, nice to meet you. Hey, can we go to the hospital? I ripped my nutsack about nine hours ago." <laughs> oh. So I don't say like I don't say anything. So I just kind of like meet them. I was like, "Oh yeah." So then, and then plus I was thinking, so this is game seven. So the cup is going tonight for sure. Like it's not game four. It's not game five or six where it might go. It's going hundred percent. I was like, I don't want to be sitting in some ER side thing missing on the game, whatever. I've already went nine hours. I'm sure I can, I'll figure this out later. So I go have this supper. We ended up actually going to like a club that night on the D floor. And I was like, okay, enough's enough. And then I tell these guys, I was like, Hey guys, uh, do you mind if we go swing by the hospital in the morning? I said, I ripped my nutsack. And as soon as I said it, the two guys off the committee, like, 
told you you walk weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just on my tiptoes, just just gingerly like, hi. So we wake up in the morning, and these guys were unreal. Uh, like, I didn't even go to the hotel that night. Passed out of the, this guy's house. Wake up, and he wanted to go for drinks in the morning. It was so early. I don't know if it was like 8.45. We couldn't get a beer. So we went to a Greek establishment because they're allowed to serve ouzo or something. So now we're doing shots at 9. Oh, I still got a show that night. These guys were unreal. <laughs> uh, so we do this, and at breakfast, this guy comes. I think I'm meeting another guy from the committee, but he's a doctor, and he's like, I heard you ripped your nutsack, or how long's the laceration? I was like, the laceration. I was like, well, I didn't measure, but I got pictures because you know, you're all your body's like, send some pics. I got it. If any, also, if anyone's got a BlackBerry charger, I can get those old pictures going. I need to sell t <laughs> I need to sell t-shirts to save my house. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, sold your nutsack. So then, uh, next thing you know, he's like, here, well, I'll, here's a, a prescription for some antibiotics just so you don't get infected. He gives me that. I do the show that night, uh, fly back to Saskatoon. I was like, okay, I should probably go to the doctor now. But when we fly back, the big part of this comedy festival was uh, the, the the one day you got all you could drink and eat at the cave. So it was like right as I landed, I was like, oh, that's the fucking best part of this festival. I got to go straight to the cave. So then we started guzzling there, and then I didn't want to go to the hospital again. And then the next day, we had this other meal. It's hard to tell people that you were on a bender. That's why you never got your nuts checked. So about <laughs> six days later, I get back to the PA, and then I go to the doctor. And I was like, hey, rip my nuts. I was oh, you just ripped He goes, so when did you do that? Just, uh, and I was like, oh, when did the Bruins win the cup? And he's like, what? What are you talking? So yeah, I think it was like six days ago. He's like, you fucking... <sighs> He didn't say fucking, but he's like, what? And he looks and he's like, oh my God. He's like, he goes, well, it started to heal because it's six days. And he goes, you got two options. He goes, you can leave it like this. Like it started to heal, but it, it'll probably be uncomfortable for a couple more weeks. Or he goes, or I could get the scalpel out, scrape it out. And right as he said that, like the hairs on my arm oh. were standing up. I was like, ah. He goes, then we can scrape it out and then sew it up. And I was like, ah. Oh. And he goes, then you should be good in a, you know, two or three days and i said okay let's uh let's do that bad boy mm. so then he um zippered me up and you know pa small town so you know the doctors he starts laughing i was like oh you've never sewn someone's ball sack up before and he's like no i have i've never seen anyone shin sweat so much <laughs> like that <laughs> tissue paper underneath was just absolutely soaked, soaked and just gone uh, yeah. that's good that's gold yeah. <laughs> No fucks given. I like it. I like it. Oh, okay. Kelly, uh, Scott has a good question that we ask everybody on the show that he's going to give to you. Well, okay. first, of all, first of all, Kelly, uh, I'm, it's great. You're Saskatchewan boy. True to the, true to the province. Great sense of humor, man. <laughs> yeah, it's look, been I got awesome. Scotty, look at that. I got the tattoo. Nice. Fucking nice. A. So, I, it's a for our listeners. It looks like the Sask wheat stock or whatever. But I showed someone right after because everywhere I go, they're like, "You're that Sask comic." So like, I gotta get something Sask. So I went and got that first person I showed. They're like, "Hey, did you get the Sask liquor board tattoo?" <laughs> 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 it is. It's the same oh. thing. <laughs> Lifetime member, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, we all might have to go get one of those just so we be part of the team. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Anyways, uh, yeah, very honored. I got to see you live a couple times. My kids, they they just kind of want to hang out with you because, man, you got a great sense of humor and make us all laugh, and, and that's good. Um, question is, this is the NFP podcast. We all know what our take on NFP is. What is yours? Oh man, uh, absolutely. I've got a, I've got a few hats in that. We've had fights over who's wearing which hat, but really to uh, 
me, it's almost like a, you, you just actually, you get the job done. You know, there's no excuses. There's none of this bitching. There's uh, like, uh, like a fourth line mucker, like just uh, you got, you're, you're injured and you play through shit. And uh, it's just, you know, if you're not that kind of person, get you're in the fucking way. It's like, uh, that's, why I like, that's why I like hiking and just hard. I like that hardcore shit where you're uncomfortable, but uh, you don't complain about it. It's that you, you, you do something and you don't complain about it. Maybe it's uh, maybe you did drink hard last night. And now you're fancy for eight hours, but you're not complaining yeah. about it. And Been then when you, sit down and, when you sit down and have that drink after, uh, fuck, is that drink a lot better than oh, when you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That true, That's what yeah. it is right there. It's uh, absolutely grinding without any complaining. And usually people try to be around those people. That's, um, like I said, hiking, 90% of hiking sucks ass. Like, you're like, why do you like doing that? I was like, I, I, I don't know. It's probably what, the best part of hiking to me is uh, putting on your pack and taking your pack off. Like, that's the two best things. I imagine it'd be the same in PBR. Like the fucking most exciting thing would be getting on that ball, the adrenaline, and then the adrenaline of that getting off that fucking ball and sitting. And the beauty of you guys, <laughs> when I see you at Tanner's house and the boys are all sitting having beers and I just, cause like it's on such another level. It's, it's so much more than a hockey game, what you guys put yourself through. So it's just one of these things I can't, like, I just, I looked at everyone and I'm just all fired up. I was like, fuck oh, man, how good would that beer be like it just oh. like it, and then the, you know what they all said and they're like buddy it ain't the beer it's the nicotine and they're all just power darting you see the <laughs> bull riders takes it you just see that cherry suck back to about halfway <laughs> oh, uh. and i was like oh right on it's um bull riders i i always go military military is always first like i always talk about like the beer they must have after coming back from uh going overseas is just that's what it is <laughs> np is just those guys the fucking guys and women that get that shit done and then can uh sit back and hopefully enjoy everything because you put in all the work yeah and it's obviously like you guys know too there's time where he's been quoted as saying it a bunch of times but there's sports where it's winning and losing but same military bull riding, there's also the aspect of living and dying every time that you tie your hand to that thing or every time you go out on a mission. So it is a, a different Amen. sport, right? Big time. Yeah. Okay. So Kelly, what's doing now? I know COVID's kind of shut down. Um, you got some, you got your podcast going. Take yeah. a of tets. Everybody can check that out. Probably just put this episode on it. Not gonna lie. There we go. <laughs> double down. Double down. I've got, I've got so many guests lined up, and I just I, I'm so bad at this. Like if 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 I don't have a gig where it says I have to be there at nine o'clock, do the show, then I get paid. But it's the podcast. You know, I can do it at this time, or I can. I'm brutal, and that I gotta get. I gotta get on it, man. I, I, I've done five podcasts that haven't been my own since I've done my last episode, so I'm a real piece of shit that way. Because I, I, I love doing it. Like this is yeah. what we do. What do we do? An hour of laughing, and then yeah. I, I procrastinate on this. Why? What? What a loser I am. I'm, I'm such an idiot. Uh, well, I I, uh, I gotta wipe the tears off from that ball sack story. That was. That was yeah, uh, I didn't goal. know that one was coming. I hadn't heard. Oh. That. Yeah, that was and crazy. also your your Zoom gigs, right? You've been doing. You can get hired if anybody needs. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pimping myself out on the Zoom. So, and it's anything now because a lot of people can't. Uh, I'm doing lots of teaching functions right now just because teachers I know are going through a shit storm through in COVID and they just need a laugh. So, uh, and I got a 
my uh, teaching degree. So I, I can, it's almost like, and the nice thing is too, if you ever do a thing, Tanner, they get, if it says speaker and not comedian, yeah. money's always better when you're a speaker. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I can be a speaker for your company. You know, the company needs a laugh or something. Oh man. I, I learned that one years ago where something like, Oh, our speaker canceled. And then we had this for a budget. And I was like, Whoa, yeah, I can fill that in. Yep. I, so now I might not be a comedian anymore. I'm Kelly Taylor speaker. Speaker, speaker of the house. <laughs> so I can speak to your company to, yeah, to lift up the, uh, to lift up the spirits of your company, whatever it is. I'm doing accounting firms. I'm doing Zuma function. I'm doing all these Zoom things. And you know what? Uh, I don't need the feedback of, I, I like COVID when it's done is going to be awesome. And we're going to go back and love it. But now that it's Zoom time, I just say, you know, I can look at the positives. I can be at home. And I'm going to enjoy mm-hmm. that. And then hopefully just get enough Zoom gigs to just pay my mortgage. And then hopefully <laughs> get you by. Uh, I yeah. hear you. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, We're all with you. I think, um, well, once we, once it opens up a little bit enough to get back to at least 150 people like we had last summer, uh, I want to plan to do more events right at the house here. Uh, with the boys here, Jason and Scott, obviously, and uh, we'd love to have you out again. It might be a little bit fun this time, Scott, to maybe have Kelly as the the co-announcer of the event. Well, that's a yeah, percent. Uh, Tanner and I were talking. He was planning on doing what mid December, just before Christmas, and he's like, "Well, what do you want to do? Co-announcer? Do you want one or not?" And I said, "Yeah, I want Kelly Taylor." So it's going to be you and me, pal. <laughs> let's let, let's not take away from how bad I am at. That part, make me the co co announcer. Don't give okay. me too much responsibility. Hey, no, you're just you'll be the co speaker. You're the co speaker. Well, I'm, I'm gonna one up, I'm gonna one up both these guys here, Kelly, because I already run this by Rusty. When we get back in the art houser and we can do our events in front of some people, I told him we need to get you out on the stage in the arena instead okay. of sitting says sitting in the stands. You're coming out, you're gonna be our guy, you're gonna be our comedian, funny guy out there. <laughs> Okay, as, Ru- as long as Rusty's got his good cologne on, I'm in there. Man, <laughs> God, I love being around that guy. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, well, we've we've uh, we took up enough of your time for today. I know everybody's gonna really enjoy this one. Like Jason said, we had fucking tears running down our eyes the whole time. So we appreciate you being on the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. Thank you, boys. All the best. Hopefully, I uh, can't wait to see you guys Thanks, out Kelly. here and watch the Bulls. Okay. That's All right. right. Take care, Kelly. <laughs> Take Bye. care. See you, boys. Bye. Because if you take alcohol out of camping, camping now sounds like a survival story. You can have the exact same weekend with or without booze. Sounds completely different. No booze? Like, hey, how was your weekend? It was terrible, man. We were up north in the bush. There was no cell phone reception. I couldn't even update my status to warn people. Todd was in charge of food. He forgot all the food. We had to try to catch our own food to eat. We had to build a fire at night for heat, sleep in a tent. Mike puked in the tent. It was the worst weekend ever. You had booze to the exact same weekend? Like, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, it's awesome, man. We're up north in the bush. There's no cell phone reception, which is deadly because Jeff's old lady can't get a hold of him. He's like old school Jeff drinking all day, pedal down. Todd's in charge of food. He forgot all the food. Didn't matter because we're on the boat fishing all day. Ripping lips. Had a big fish fry. Unreal. Big bonfire at night. Good stories. Mike puked in the tent. Best weekend all summer. 